0: Hello and welcome to Branching Out with the Acorn. Today is October 31st. Hey guys, it's Halloween. Happy Halloween. My name is Becca Whitnell. I'm the editor for the Camarillo and Park Acorn ed- Editions, and I'll be your host today. And since today is Halloween, we thought we'd do something a little different for this podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to look at a few of the urban legends, some of the spooky stories in the county. And we thought we'd do, do something a little different, not only explore those, but explore the history, the actual facts behind these places. So stay tuned and we'll talk about it after a word from our sponsors. David, super excited to talk about the newest member of the Branching Out sponsor family, a local business you know very well, Arsenal Comics and Games. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Arsenal. Obviously, I'm the Branching Out sports guy, but every now and again, I get that itch for my Zelda stuff. And they've got everything, obviously comic books, but they've got the collectibles, board games, action figures. It's all there. And yeah, and and owner Timmy Hay, he really prides himself on having a clean organized welcoming business to walk into whether you're a comic book person or not you feel comfortable there and i should say it's one of those businesses that's just fun to kind of walk around and see what they have although timmy would really appreciate if you bought some And don't forget the events. We're talking new comic book day every Wednesday and every Friday. They host Magic the Gathering and Pokemon tournaments. I hear they're packed. Great point. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to check out Arsenal Comics for yourself, keep in mind they've got two locations. One in Newberry Park at 1610 Suite 1 on Newberry Road near the In-N-Out Burger or their second location in Ventura at 3431 Telegraph Road. Plus, they're very active on social media, so you can check them out on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or just check out their website at arsenalcng.com. That's A-R-S-E-N-A-L-C-N-G dot com. I'm here with Dan Santiago today with the Ventura County Museum. Guys, do you want to introduce yourselves?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Santiago St. James. I'm the communications and marketing manager at the museum, and I've been here for about uh, a year and almost a year and a half. Um, yeah, I, you know, I worked with my social media team to create um, some sort of haunted um, social media posts. And so um, that's why I'm here to talk about a little bit about today.
0: In fact, that's why I reached out to you. I yeah. saw those tweets. <laughs> and yeah Dan-
2: my name is Dea Tara Franca, and I am the Research Library and Archives Director here at the museum. Um, and actually, coming up in December, I will have been here for six years. Wow. Wow. So um, up in the research library and archives, we are a quasi-branch of the Ventura County Library System. Um, and so we're open and free to the public. People can come in, make an appointment, come in and do all kinds of research in our library and archives. And my job is to let people know about it and show them how to find the information they need. And that's so cool. I grew
0: up. Up, I think I was telling you, I grew up in the county and didn't know that that resource was available. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. So we're here at the Ventura County Museum, but can you talk a little bit about where where we are here?
1: Yeah, we're in the catacombs of the Museum of Ventura County. Uh, We're we're downstairs. Um, We're in the collections um, area of the museum where we. Um, hold all the really, really interesting um, um, old things—not um, just things. We hold um, really beautiful Chumash artifacts. We have, um, you know, clothes from the nineteen twenties. We have a whole bunch of things I could list on and on. But
0: it's uh, kind of got yeah. a
2: vibe down here of the, the old things vibe. <laughs> It does. So in the basement of the Museum of Ventura County, like Santi just said, we we do have our object collections. Um, and you come down kind of a creepy stairway, and we've got cinder block walls. And we are sitting right now in the um, exhibits room, which is where the magic happens. This is where we storyboard um, what people get to see in our galleries. Um, and this building was built in 1976 and we are actually located in what used to be the Mission Orchard so and before it was the Mission Orchard this was um, a town of the Chumash people. So you might have
0: your own little spirits. (laughs)
2: <laughs> We've heard a couple of different stories. Um, we do have one part of our collections. There's a case that holds some of our textiles, some old dresses and clothing and that kind of thing. And no matter what you do, the door, the, the curtain into that one section never stays closed.
0: Oh, Wow. I get, you know, ghost hunters I've talked to say that spirits can attach to items. Maybe, maybe you have a resident spirit.
2: We very well may. <laughs> uh, we also had a, a previous curator who um, her granddaughter came down into the basement with her one day. I think they were stopping by to pick something up maybe. And her granddaughter started talking to somebody who wasn't there and said to her grandmother, didn't you see the little girl?
0: Oh, that's not creepy at all. Oh, my God. Wow. Did she describe her?
2: Not to my knowledge, but anytime we turn on the lights down in the basement, we always say hello just in case anybody's down here.
0: I love it. (laughs) Well, what I want to talk about first is it being Halloween, a few of the urban legends. Maybe uh, for in the county stuff. Stuff I heard about growing growing up, and in... so Santiago. Living in your part of the county for a few years, um, there's there's an urban legend you've heard of, uh, Charman.
1: Yes, uh, the Charman is a uh, you know is the urban legend I've learned uh, a lot about since I'm moving to Ojai. Um, I think because I live close to where this, um, spirit allegedly, um, reigns. Um, and, you know, I keep on hearing different stories. I've heard, I think three actually now as today, I've heard four different origin stories of the Charman, Man. Um, and, uh, he's an interesting figure that I think has been passed down through a lot of, uh, elementary school kids. Um, till today, I still hear people talking about it and they're around my age. So it lives on.
0: Do you want to talk a little bit about what the, the myth is? And then we can talk a little about the History since mm-hmm. that's why you're here to, t- to kind of clear up or at least talk about what the actual history is.
1: Right. well, I've heard I've heard three stories before today, one of which was um, someone was going to their car to um, light up or sorry to uh, put gas in their car and they had like I guess a t- like a some gas with them and then they while doing that they like lit up a cigarette and then they caught themselves on fire. Oh, Always a good um, idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's another story where I've heard someone was driving their car and a branch decapitated them. I don't understand how fire got involved, but somehow the car caught on fire. Um, and then another one was, um, it was, a, I think the most common story I've heard is that um, there was a fire in um, Ohio, the fire of, I forgot what year it was. 1948. 1948. Where a family's home got, got caught on fire, and then he himself, Charman, um, got caught in flames himself. Um, but from my understanding, the general idea is that he's on Old Creek Road, um, and that's where he haunts. And um, he, you know, people say that they've seen him, but I haven't seen him. But <laughs> I hope not to. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. But dear, you, know, you had you had some history there, at least to debunk one of those. Those myths.
2: Yes. So um, there are, as Santiago um, just stated, there are multiple stories related to the Charman myth. Um, and that forest fire um, in 1948... Um, that one of the stories says actually burned down a house. One of the stories is that a firefighter was burned in that, and that's who Charman actually is—is is that firefighter. Um, but one of the previous um, curators here at the Museum of Ventura County actually researched that 1948 fire and found out that no one had died during that fire. So, so that one we can we can debunk for now. Roll
0: that one out. <laughs> It's, it's so funny how these get passed down. Like you said, elementary kids love the the intrigue. You know, um, growing up, one I heard about a whole lot was Levis Adobe and that there's, I think I've heard, there's a woman in black on the second floor and a little girl in white and orbs that show up. I don't know about that, but I... I do know it was someone's home at some time, so maybe they're coming back to visit. What can you tell me about the history of Olivas Adobe? Who, Who lived there? How long? When was it built? Do you have any of those details?
2: Yeah, so um, it is a building that was built in 1847, so it totally makes sense that we have ghost stories attached to it because if you do the math, that's 175 years old. Um, It was built um, in 1847, so it was built while this area was still Mexico, um, and it was built by Don Raimundo Olivas. Um And he was born in 1809 in Los Angeles. Um, he moved up to Santa Barbara. He joined the Mexican army, met a young woman named Theodora Lopez, and they had 21 children.
0: Holy moly. Yes.
2: such a large house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, because he fought in the Mexican army, he was given a land grant for about 4,600 acres. Um, And he raised cattle and sheep and horses and dairy cows. Um, And during the gold rush, those dons who like D-O-N-S dons who had those large land grants made a killing selling cattle um, to feed the miners who moved into the state of California.
0: And their 21 kids. And <laughs> the 21
2: kids, exactly. And then we get droughts and people start to lose their lands. And eventually, um, most of their lands are gone and they sold the adobe in 1899. And then Max Fleischman of the the Fleischman yeast, if you go oh. in, the, in the grocery store and you go down the bread, you know, the flour. Our aisle those little packets yeah, of yeast red yellow
0: exactly <laughs>
2: he bought the Adobe in 1927 and he's actually the one that added that beautiful bell archway I to the no building idea. yep and he's the one that eventually gave it to the city of Ventura who now runs it as a museum
0: so they may be the ones who rise from the dead but I'm <laughs> <pumped>. <laughs> I think that's probably very likely. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's some history. I had no idea that the, that the Fleischmann family was from here. Um, the other one, growing up, because I grew up in Port Wainini, just blocks from the base, uh, we always, you know, we passed pass Bard Mansion and see Bard Mansion, I guess it was also called Barrelwood by the Bard family. Um, we'd always look for the ghosts. We'd heard about the, you know, people seeing. I think, mrs bard molly and um we would tell stories about swings moving on their own as kids what's what's the story behind the bard mansion
2: so the the bard mansion was built by thomas r bard he was born in pennsylvania in 1841 and he moved out here in the 1860s Um, He was followed, actually, we have a connection to the Bard family, the museum does. He was followed by his younger brother named Cephas Little Bard who was Dr. Bard. And his collection of curios are actually the foundation of the museum. He donated them to the county. And that's what became the Museum of Ventura County. Um, But T.R. Bard was a land developer and an oil man. And he was the first person in California to produce oil from a drilled well. Super important in the building of Port Wenimi, but also the county in general. Um, and he was responsible for the construction of Wenimi Wharf in 1871. I didn't so, realize that. Yes. Um, uh, and actually, if you look at the Articles of Incorporation for the early years of Ventura County, he's on most of the board of directors for most of the companies that started in Ventura County well, hey, hey, in that okay. time.
0: I think I read he was the president of Union Oil at one point.
2: Yes, he was. He also laid out the town of Bardsdale, which doesn't really exist, but is out uh, towards Fillmore. So um, he and his brother, Cephas, married sisters, and he had seven children. And I actually looked specifically to see if maybe one of those children was the ghost, but they all lived at least past 1950. So and one of his children actually lived to be over 100 years old. Oh, wow. Yes. Long, long-lived family. Um, he was a mover and shaker in Ventura County, but he was actually against Ventura County becoming a county in the 1870s.
0: Oh, wow. Do we know why?
2: Um, he was on the Board of Supervisors for Santa Barbara County. Ah. And And um, he was worried that there wasn't enough tax base in Ventura County to okay. support it. Yeah. So, but once it became a county... He threw everything into making sure that it was successful and eventually became one of our U.S. senators for the state of California.
0: I I knew he was a senator. I wasn't sure if he was a state senator or didn't. That's cool.
2: Yeah, U.S. Senator. He died in 1915. The house was built in 1910, and he only got to enjoy it for ten for five years. So maybe it's him. He wanted to <laughs> enjoy it longer. Possibly. <laughs> we never know.
0: <laughs> you know, um, in Acorn Country, because we really um, our papers cover Camarillo and then um, up over the hill and east out to North Park, the Valley, and, and all the way to Agora and Calabasas area. In Acorn country, I think probably the most widely talked about, haunted quote unquote, haunted place is Cal State University, Channel Island. Because before, I think most people know before it was a university, it was something else. And um, I think it was even the largest mental hospital, the site of, of Illinois, Chicago area at, at one point. And I thought maybe um, we talked a little bit about if people want to kind of learn about the history of that themselves, maybe you can talk a little bit about how we go about doing that.
2: Absolutely. So. Um... As I, as I said, we have a research library, and people can make an appointment to come in and look through our materials. Um, we had a question recently about the Lewis Ranch. One of our county supervisors was interested in learning about when a part of that farm, um, some buildings, had been put on it. And so we can look at old maps and see when certain things were built. So for instance, if we heard there was a haunting of one building, we can and go and see maybe what the story is behind that. Who owned it? Who were the people who lived there? Who, um, and when did they build? what was on that land. So we have maps that people can look at, but we also have clipping files. So we have a bunch of volunteers up in the library who have gone through the newspapers for years and years and years and clipped out articles on different topics. So for instance, Cal State Channel Islands is one of those clipping files, but also the State Mental Hospital is one of those files. So you can look through and see Um, what's been in the newspaper about those places. So was there someone who died there maybe? And can we verify when that happened? That kind of thing. Um, we also have photographs we've digitized. We have 45,000 photographs in our collection and we've digitized about 4,500 of them. Many of them are of that campus. And so if somebody wants to look at those photographs and sort of see if they can verify a part of a story, they can do that by looking at those photographs.
0: Wow. Yeah. What other sorts of resources does the research library have? What other primary sources? And I mean I see some pretty cool photographs here.
2: So we have photographs, Um, we have about 8,000 maps, we have ephemeral files and clipping files, we have biographical files, so these are all in file cabinets, and they're all in sort of hanging folders, um, and they're organized by people's names or topics and that kind of thing. We also have 450 oral histories as well. They've been transcribed, so you can actually look through and read what somebody said about any given topic um we have books and periodicals and actually we have a memoir that was written by someone who was in the Camarillo State Hospital so that could be really interesting reading for um, somebody who's investigating that myth absolutely wow and then we have institutional files and manuscript files. So when we were talking about Thomas Bard and I talked about looking to see what businesses he was a part of, um, we when a business starts, they have to register with the state. And we have all of those files from 1874 to 1971. Um, so we have um, about 3,400 cubic feet. Of materials that people can can come in and um, and look at and listen to and view in some cases
0: how does if if I wanted to do more research on any of these or just anything in general as, as a reporter once in
2: a while we need to do that how does someone
0: make a reservation
2: So, um, on our website, which is VenturaMuseum.org, you click on Research Library up at the top, and then there's a big red button on all of the library pages that says Schedule Appointment. And that shows you all of the different spots that we have open for people to come in and research. Wow,
0: great. That that makes it easy. And then just from time to time, you have exhibits and talks and stuff. Do you want to talk about that at all?
1: Yeah, I, and, um, I do know that I'm uh, always seeing on a um, little bit of a tangent here, but uh, I'm just wanting to speak to the Cal State uh, Channel Islands uh, building is that our social media has a lot of people writing comments on, you know, the different kind of uh, experiences with Ventura County history, and particularly with the Cal State Channel Islands. Um quite a few people wrote in their own stories of seeing some ghosts and hauntings there as well. I think someone wrote um that they saw like a woman in the window while like no one should have been there, and they you know they heard weird things and like lights flickering and um a lot of stories like that. I think there's at least six comments about people um talking about their own history um but yeah, we are exhibits right now i I can't I don't know if there are any hauntings attached to our current exhibit but um
0: oh yeah i just meant in general if you want to
1: hear oh yeah, here... well, yeah. please come by know. yeah check out sorry. our exhibits we're <laughs> <laughs> we're free are a free museum um and our research library is free um all these resources are um are accessible um and my um, research library team is incredible all just has an infinite wealth of knowledge here and our interns are incredible um but um You know if you ever want to learn more about our exhibits and what we offer just you can come right down to the museum Um, we're open from uh thursday through sunday from 11 a.m to 5 p.m uh generally and um you can learn more about exhibits and see actually our exhibits online as well because we um digitize our exhibits as well most of them um and that's also really exciting too um we are always trying to um make our experience as accessible as possible to everyone in our community. And one of those ways is through um, being able to access it online as well.
2: Um, I wanted to add to what Santi was just saying. Santi just made a really wonderful point about our social media and those comments that are on our social media related to people's experiences with these ghosts. Um, By making the collection accessible, By being able to put content out there, we actually get to crowdsource these stories. So, yes, we're giving content, but also we're hearing from our community. What experiences have they had? Um, How do they interact with our history, our folk tales, our ghost stories? Um, And that's a really cool part of being able to share the history of this county is that it belongs to all of us and we all have a story um, that we can share
0: that's something i think we have in common we get to share information about the county and then hear back from people um just being a community newspaper we get a lot of back and forth and and it's a good feeling
2: being well being able to share that so it's fun yeah This podcast, I think, is going to air the day after our big Dia de los Muertos. Um, which is actually happening on this Sunday out in Santa Paula. But I do know that we have um, De Colores, which is a community um, art exhibit that's going to be opening in our Santa Paula Museum um, in November. And along with that, um, in December, we will have a Las Posadas event um, as well. Um, So that opening will be announced and up on our website um, soon. And as for exhibits here um, in this, the main museum, right now we have an art exhibit that um, if people come before the end of the year, they'll get to see Carol Rosenak, which is this beautiful um, still life artwork of a local Ventura County woman. Um, and we have um, an exhibit right now on the on prohibition in Ventura County. So what were the 1920s like? We're in the 2020s, but what were the 1920s or like um, And when what was prohibition like here?
0: Oh that's interesting because we think things back east I think in the runners, but we don't often think of stuff right here
2: in our own backyard Ventura County has 42 miles of coastline you know there's plenty of room for rum running here (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then finally we have um, an exhibit called Chromatic which is 100 years of collecting and it's um, our collection, various objects, um, and the stories behind those objects, and people can come in and tell us what they collect or what their favorite object is that they have at home. So,
0: Neat, well, fun people
2: can look that up
0: online and come down here. Um, we're currently on Main Street um, in Old Town Ventura.